This is The Varsity, a sports podcast from The Record North Shore, your nonprofit local news site. The Varsity is presented by the Illinois Bone and Joint Institute, with more than 150 fellowship-trained physicians in every orthopedic specialty and dozens of locations across Chicagoland and the suburbs. IBJI is your choice for patient-focused orthopedic care. To find the nearest location, visit IBJI.com. Howdy, folks, and welcome to the latest episode of the Varsity Podcast, a podcast where we discuss everything involving North Shore High School sports. I'm Michael Dwojek here with the founding uh, members of the Record North Shore, Martin Carlino and Joe Coughlin, who is back after a two-week hiatus. I uh, hope you're uh, drinking a lot of coffee. Joe, welcome back to the show. But um, we got a lot of stuff to talk about, surprisingly, for another summer episode of the podcast for you folks at home. We're going to do our regular four-quarter format, where in the first quarter, um, we're just going to recap a little bit of some storylines going on with the Wilmette Waves. Um, got some uh, turf replacement going on in one of our local schools as well. Um, and we got some football captains names, so we'll talk about that. In the second quarter, we are joined by New Trier Track and Field and cross-country runner Nick Falk. In the third quarter, we play way or no way our weekly guessing game. And then in the fourth quarter, we recap some Nike Nationals uh, competition where we had uh, some area runners competing in as well. But uh, before we jump into that, just a quick reminder that you can subscribe to the podcast anywhere that they're available. Make sure you like us. Listen to old episodes as well. We appreciate um, all the support and uh, well wishes. So Let's get things started here in the first quarter, where uh, we'll start off with uh, talking some baseball, where the Wilmette Waves are now 11-5. and five. As of today, we're recording on Wednesday, the 7th of July. Uh, they split a doubleheader with Notre Dame's yesterday. Again, obviously, um, most of these teams are school teams. Obviously, there's some teams that are, are there, are some players that maybe not be for the school, but most of the players on the Wilmette Waves are for um, new Trier, and then there's Loyola team and uh, South team for GBS and Notre Dame team, like I mentioned earlier. But guys, um, 11 to 5 um, to uh, compete so far this season. Um, I know that they dropped their final game of the 4th of July tournament uh, uh, to finish 3 and 2 over the weekend. And then, like I said, um, they split a double header with uh, Notre Dame. But um, what are some things that you guys have noticed from um, this wave team this year? And um, how different is it from what we kind of saw in the spring with um, Nutrier uh, baseball? Yeah, so as you mentioned, Michael, a lot of familiar faces on this team from that Nutrier group that just completed their um, you know dramatic, thrilling run to the uh, final eight in the state baseball playoffs. So uh, the expectations for that team, I'm sure, were very high going into this summer season with a lot of the um, same names from that roster and early indications are showing us that um, many of the, the talented players that contributed to that run for Nutria baseball a little bit earlier um, this year are also carrying that over into the summer with some um, productive summers and, and, and good offseason work. And um, just from what we've been able to see so far, th- those names include Alex Mendez, um, both Graham and Jack Maestros and um, also, Brendan Stressler, I believe, is on the team and um, some other names that that made an impact on uh, 
on the new chair baseball season. So high expectations for them. And it's a talented group. And I think it's only going to help further what we all believe is going to be a very strong new chair baseball team in 2022. Yeah. I think they might be the, you know, looking at the other records, um, the class of the summer league um, this time around. And um, we'll see how things line up toward the end of the year. They do an end of the year tournament and things, but one of the waves, as Marty said, look pretty good and carrying off a successful year. Uh, they're going to be pretty explosive. They got some pitchers back too: Dalton Hastings, Jack Maestros. Um, uh, so I think they're pretty dominant. It's pretty fun. Um, Dylan Mayer too. So um, it's a good team. I know we've uh, obviously covered um, past leagues and that kind of stuff. How much do you really take from summer baseball? I mean, obviously you're, I remember most of the coaches and players talking about that you're working on stuff you're working on. Um, obviously your hitting approach and, um, different stuff, but how much do you really take from summer league baseball um, and kind of use it to uh, make some predictions uh, for the upcoming spring? Yeah, I think you can't get too excited about it. Can't try to overreact to things and say, because player X is having a great summer season that it's going to translate to a amazing season in the spring season next year for, for the, that particular school. But there are definitely takeaways you can, you can find from it and see, uh, from these games. And this is really the period where we see a lot of growth from the players, particularly, I think those players making the jump from that sophomore to junior level. And it's going to be their first year on varsity or maybe their second year, depending on when they got the call up. And then that junior to senior level transition, that is a lot of times when you'll see maybe a player who's good in their junior year, then become a uh, a star type player and have a, a phenomenal senior year. So you can definitely see the early indications in my opinion of uh, what, what level of growth is going to take place and what um, those particular players might be offering in the next, uh, the next spring upcoming spring season. Yeah. And I think it's a little different than um, maybe summer football or summer basketball, where it's really just an off season, you know, summer's when you play baseball. So while they just came off a season, I think, um, they're trying to make the most of, of their sun, um, their time under the sun. And uh, I think they're mostly playing for real. Maybe, you know, you, you try to get all your kids in the game and, and maybe work some things around. But at the plate, you're, I'm sure you're giving 100%. And maybe on the mound, you're trying different things. But I think for the most part, you can get, as Marty said, some good indications of where players at. Maybe some breakthroughs here um, for, you know, the new Trier team in the, in the spring. Um, so I think it's – you get – better indication here than you will on say a football seven on seven. All right. Well, we keep you guys posted on how the rest of the season goes for the waves, but obviously good record so far and good start um, to the summer for the guys. Um, we're going to talk about uh, move on over and talk about Loyola announcing that they're going to uh, uh, redo their two uh, turf fields on the Munns campus. If you guys remember, um, I think it was last year or earlier in the year. Um, Loyola um, replaced uh, their main football field uh, turf, um, got rid of it and replaced it since the time had come. And now um, they are going to be doing that uh, with the Munns campus. They have two turf fields up there on the hill. Um, guys, I mean, obviously this is just, um, it seems crazy, but it seems like maintenance. I know, Joe, you talked a little bit in an earlier episode of the podcast, just how different the turf is and how um, you can get nerdy about the turf and all the kind of uh, benefits that this new turf has. But, um, uh, good to see that Loyola is obviously taking advantage and, um, getting, uh, the new, uh, turf fields up there on the hill. Yeah. And it's always good, you know, for, for schools such as 
a school such as Loyal Academy that considers itself, you know, at the peak uh, in its field um, in a lot of different categories as an institution um, to have top level athletic facilities and turf. I think that's what they want as they want to project themselves. So um, it's going to be nice for the athletes. It's um, going to prevent injuries. Um, and uh, I forgot all those numbers now. I was so prepared last time we talked about it with all the stats. <laughs> uh, I can't remember what they were, but uh, shock pads. Exactly. Yeah. The extra layer of shock pads, the, the score that it takes, uh, uh, you know, on the toll of the body was real low. So, um, yeah, it's cool. It's going to be, I mean, the athletes are going to love it, obviously. Um, and that's um, good for the future of Loyola. It'll be uh, interesting to see. Obviously, I, I don't know if we'll get be part of the process of changing the turf field. Probably not. I wouldn't re recommend us in getting involved in that. But um, hopefully by the time uh, preseason stuff starts in August, um, it should be taken care of. I think they're going to have us uh, do a little running on it, maybe a couple soccer strikes. Um, yeah, test, yeah, test it out. Test out how the penalty area is looking. So we'll see. We'll, we'll probably get out there. I, I, yeah, I'll, see, ex I'll, I'll expect an email. Yeah, pull a hamstring or two. We'll see how it goes. Um, and then uh, to finish off the first quarter, Nutrier named its football captains. Um, Nevin Krimiskoli, Alex Mendez, John Kirkpatrick, and Charlie uh, Ziazula, and Luke Elias. Uh, some familiar names, guys. Um, how much of a surprise was uh, the naming of the captains to you? Yeah, not too much of a surprise at all. As you mentioned, Michael, a lot of familiar names, a lot of impact players from uh, last year's team who are now going to be seniors and are now going to transition into uh, even more uh, of a leadership role than they did last season. So really not surprising at all. Maybe there was a name or two that I thought might be on there that wasn't. I know a lot of times some teams usually do three or four captains. So I was a little surprised to see five. I'm not sure if that's the number they usually do, but um, definitely, definitely five players who are worthy of the honor. And um, we'll talk about it a little later, but uh, we expect big things of this group this year. Yeah. Fun seeing these names, um, obviously recognize them from a lot of Marty's reporting um, as, uh, as talents that are coming back. Um, so kind of gets you a little more in the football spirit. Um, as we're only a few weeks away from, um, you know, the, the start of, well, seven on sevens are probably going to be within the next week or so. And then um, football practices in August. So, hey, we're not far away. Um, I'd say we're about six weeks from opening night. I'm excited uh, already. And I think Nutri is going to put, th these names are going to make it for good. We got um, two receivers here. Um, and uh, so we should expect a pretty good and explosive, we hope, Nutri team. Also, where are the schedules? I realize we have not talked about this, but like, where are this? Like, we mentioned that there's going to be uh, football going on in the next month. I mean, where where are the schedules, boys? I mean, we got to break down some <laughs> week by week stuff. I mean, what are they doing? What's IHSA doing to us here? I think that'll probably be a special episode of the podcast schedule release episode. We might go live even. They might have it uh, yeah. a special a special channel for us. But you're absolutely right, Michael. We should be getting those. You you would have to think any any day now, really, because as I just mentioned, the season's, you know, about approximately six weeks away. So that, that should be coming very soon. Yeah. It'll be interesting too. If they, as we talked about, I haven't, I don't remember the, the, you know, a lot of teams do the two-way contracts, contracts, agreements, playing each other home and home, you know, one year after the other. I don't remember where those stood with any of these teams, you know, COVID obviously 
put a big dent into those plans. So it'll be interesting when we see them. Yeah, you have you have to maybe even think that some of those agreements were potentially nullified because of what happened with the pandemic. So traditionally, I know Nutrier did that little hybrid crossover with the MSL um, in some of the northwest <coughs> suburbs and some of the schools out there. I know the previous two years they had obviously had the matchup with Loyola Academy. I think it's pretty fair to expect that that probably won't be happening this upcoming season. Of course, that if it were, it would. Um, you know, be a, a great game to cover and a welcome surprise for us, but we'll see it. Uh, it'll be fun getting back to a nine game schedule after the shortened season last year. So hit us up. I just say, whenever you get the schedule out, we'll do an emergency podcast and get you all uh, excited for fall football, but uh, we're going to move on over now to the second quarter where we are joined by uh Nutria runner, Nick Falk. I caught up with him last week. Um, where he talked about what it was like um, competing in a crazy year, what he took from it, how different it was, and maybe some positive uh, things out of a, a crazy schedule. And then he'll also talk about some um, other things like his favorite restaurant, and maybe he'll even talk about what he'll buy at Walgreens. We'll see. What's your favorite uh, sports memory from your own career? Um, hmm. That that's a hard one. Uh, yeah. Probably skate this year, so it wasn't really a, a state cross country. Sorry, definitely after a track. Um, state cross country that was, uh, you know, not technically this ISSA state meet because of COVID, so some other organization put it on. But um, with all the COVID stuff, it was so fun to end the year on that. Um, I thought we did really well. Um, you know, it was just such a, a, a great end to such a, a long year and um, a really fun year, too. So, um, yeah, I'll always remember that. Yeah, definitely. Um, what um, is your favorite thing to do off the field? Hmm. Um, my favorite thing, uh, probably to watch sports and um, talk sports with my friends. Uh, not running, but um, more so uh you know, basketball and football. Um, I've always really liked watching them, looking at the stats and stuff. So, um, and, you know, playing sports too. I just, I just like all that. So, um, yeah, definitely sports. Yeah. Um, what um, is your dream job? Um, my dream job. Um, honestly, I think it would be to work within a uh, professional sports franchise. So. Um, preferably like a, a basketball or NFL or NBA franchise um, as like, you know, uh, and it really any sort of job, but like being a general manager would be amazing. I just think that would be super fun. Yeah, definitely. Any sport or? Um, I'd say general manager for an NFL team. Gotcha. Um, if you could travel anywhere, where would you go? Um, anywhere. I would probably want to go to um, hmm. I'll say uh, Patagonia. I've never, I've never been there, but it seems amazing there. Really beautiful. Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, what, or I should say, uh, do you have a favorite athlete? Um, a favorite track athlete, I'd say Donovan Brazier. Um, he's an 800 meter runner. He's uh, he had a rough Olympic trial, but he is um, 
like super talented. Um, he's always so smooth, and uh, you know he really carries himself well. And then overall, I'd probably say uh, Kawhi Leonard. I think he's also a really good athlete. Yeah, definitely. Um, all right, this one's a little tough one, but uh, if you are in Walgreens with two with a couple dollars, uh, what are you buying? <laughs> oh, um, hmm. Just like a food or uh, just anything in general. Anything. I mean, you got a couple of dollars. What are you buying? This is this may be kind of boring, but probably just like a, a granola bar because every time I'm in Walgreens, it's like on a trip and stuff. So, you know, an RX bar or something. I'll say that. Yeah, definitely. Um, what's your uh, favorite area restaurant? Um. Ooh, I like um, Larsa's. It's a Mediterranean place in Skokie. It's pretty small, but um, yeah, I always go there for my birthday and stuff. Nice. What do you usually get there? I usually get a chicken kebab plate. Nice. Um, what is uh, something people don't know about you? Um, I think, uh, you know, uh, I don't come off as uh, super competitive, but um, when it comes to uh, running, I think I've developed um, a strong sense of competitiveness. So, you know, I guess being more competitive than people think, um, at least when it comes to running. Yeah, definitely. And then final question, um, just what was it like competing in this uh, unusual and challenging year? I mean, just what was it like this past year? Honestly, I really liked it. Um, in terms of the running world, uh, everyone had a lot more time to train and get really fit. Um, you know, it was just so much more exciting to race, and different opportunities came that probably wouldn't have come because of COVID. Um, mm-hmm. It was more condensed. Like, I really didn't have much other than running um, just because there wasn't much going on. So, uh, I don't know. I thought it was really fun. Um, it, you know, it was never really like a a hindrance on the running thing because, you know, everyone was going through it. So it was just kind of a process. And then once we were all gone, it was, you know, tons of competition because everybody wanted to compete. So, yeah. Thanks so much for joining us, Nick. And thank you, as always, to all the players and coaches who join us every week. Always good to get you guys' insight. We're halfway through the podcast. So let's give a quick thanks to our sponsor, the Illinois Bone and Joint Institute. They have many locations in the Chicago area, so make sure you check them out move better and live better all right third quarter means that we are going to be playing our weekly game of way or no way um this is where i throw three propositions to joe and marty during the summer five propositions during the school year um and they have to say whether something can happen way or no way something cannot happen so we mentioned football earlier we talked about captains being named for the new chair football team so way or no way marty that this Nutria football team can win more than six and a half games. Obviously, we know you can't win a half game, but we're setting the over under on six and a half. This question would be so much easier if we knew the schedule. So at this point, we're kind of speculating what those four non-conference games are going to be. And I'm sure once we do get the schedule released, we're probably going to revisit this question. But my early indication, my early prediction on this one is going to be way. I think they're going to settle in at a seven win team this year. Um, I think one loss potentially could come in those non-conference games and then maybe one slip up in conference, but, uh, 
certainly willing to potentially amend that prediction if we see if something changes when we see the schedule release and um, if we we see something extra special from them in those non-conference games that would uh, potentially alter my prediction of maybe one conference loss. So I'm going to go way there, Michael, right now. I think it's uh, penciling in at around a seven-win team. I'm going to go way as well. So over the six and a half, I think it's a seven or eight win team. Um, again, tough to tell, you know, I think this year, I think the team had an undefeated type team losing just to Maine South. And I think a lot of their contributors, um, were juniors who are going to be, you know, thrust in the leadership roles, um, or maybe even hone their leadership roles as they had a little bit of it in, in this past, uh, spring, I should say, um, so, yeah, I'm going to go over. I think it's a good team. I think they got some ex- a lot of explosiveness um, at the receiver position and an experienced quarterback. Um, they're bringing up some, you know, I think some of the junior class, I believe that team was pretty good. So I think that's going to be uh, something we don't know yet or isn't, uh, I guess, um, too out there yet. But I think it's going to be a pleasant surprise for them. So I think it's going to be a good team over six and a half wins. All right. Way or no way, Joe, that the Wilmette Waves, who are 11-5, and five, can win the league title? Yeah, I think they can. I think that's a way, and I think they got um, – this roster's good, man. I mean, these are a lot of the – these are the names that, that we know and love from the past season that, that made a, a great run um, at it. A lot of them hit in the top of the order. A lot of them were in the, the top end of the rotation. So, um, you know, you got stars here like Louis Florida um, – Luis Florida, I should say, and uh, Alex Mendez and – uh, who am I missing? Graham Maestros. Um, these are bona fide stars who are going to, you know, college level baseball players. Um, and you got Brendan Stressler uh, as well, if I didn't say him. Um, so this is a good team. This is a real good team. And I think they got what it takes. They're pitching. I, I mean, Dalton Hastings was their best pitcher um, during the regular season, I believe, in, you know, on their, in their top end. So and I think Jack Maestros is having a, a great summer so far. So I think they got what it takes. Yeah, easy way on this one for me as well. Uh, a little bit harder to determine what the uh, competition for you know competing against them will be in this summer season. I know Michael had mentioned some of the teams that are are in the league and um, are associated with a lot of the uh, traditional powerhouse baseball schools in the CSL and in the surrounding conferences. So got to watch out. I'm sure Loyola Academy has a great team, and I know they have a lot of young talent coming up and they were maybe a little bit light on the senior leadership this past year. Um, so I know I, I talked with coach Ackles at the end of the season that they're uh, expecting to welcome a, a strong class to next year's roster. And he was excited about that. And obviously both GBN and GBS always bring really good teams to the table. It's a, just a matter of how much is uh, participating in this summer season. So e- easy way for me and Joe said it, said it really concisely and well in, a lot of the a lot of the big names from the the team that made the final eight are on this roster, so high expectations. All right, and then and final way or no way, the way or no way that I think is going to rock the North Shore. Um, <laughs> way or no way, Marty, that Loyola's logo is better than New Trier's logo. Yeah, the uh, the classic debate here on this one. I'm going to say way. I just. Uh, think that the Loyola logo, and this is nothing against the new true logo. I think that's a nice logo as well and, and well-designed, but I think the Loyola logo to me just really because of its simplicity and it's got that 
sort of classic traditional feel to it. And I love how the, uh, how the maroon and gold are worked in and the color scheme to me really fits perfectly. And it's just what, when I look at a logo, I'm looking for familiarity, familiarity, simplicity, and just, um, you know, the classic kind of pop to it. And I think Loyola's logo checks all those, um, checks all those boxes. So to me, it, it might be one of the better logos in the state um, for those factors that I mentioned. So I'm going to say Loyola. Ooh, I got, you know, I didn't, uh, I'm going to agree. Uh, I'm going to go Loyola's got the better logo here. Um, New Trier's first off, you know, what's a Trevian? Um, but <laughs> I think that's a running joke along the North Shore, but I, I believe if I'm not wrong, guys, it's like a, uh, a, like a soldier, like an old Spartan in, in the German area. Is that right? Germany? Yeah, yeah. I think it was like a German soldier or something. Um, but I think there's just too much going on in the Nutrier logo. Um, you got the, the letters that are trying to shape like a helmet. You also have Nutrier in like the, uh, I guess the main of the helmet. Um, it's just got a lot going on that it's trying to be. And I don't know if it is anything um, because of that, a lot of noise. And there's, there's historically just a lot of greatness in two letter logos, right? You just use the letters of your, you know, of your team, whichever way you want to go. And you pick your font and you ride with it. I mean, you think of the Yankees classic logo and the Dodgers. This is very Dodgers-esque, um, maybe a little thicker text for Loyola, but that's what they went with. And, you know, you rip off a classic, you can't go wrong. Um, <laughs> but it's no, got a, it's got a certain pop to it when you see it. It does. And, and the Maroons um, unique in the area, at least. So I think that's uh, that's a nice touch um with the coloring and um yeah yeah i gotta go with it, it in its simplicity it's got some uh, strength all right there you go folks hopefully this will uh, set twitter on fire i think we need your i think we need your be... take on that one michael i feel like i'm pretty biased and i know which <laughs> uh which uh logo is the better logo but uh without a doubt it's loyal over nutria but oh but that I might be the bias in I me said, i said what's a trevian but let me throw out what's a rambler so there's there's <laughs> they both mean are the same thing they are pretty uh you don't you well, at least you can have a mascot for a trevian i think don't the trevians have a mascot loyola like what are you going to have like a hobo walking around or something like that that doesn't really work yeah it's true nutrier does have the two-letter logo too um but that's also i think just uh oh man, no offense it's not done as well no it's like crowd isn't it like really scrunched in and that kind of stuff like you, you can't can't yeah. really tell sometimes if it's NT stacked instead. Or am I thinking of something else? Each other. No, they're stacked instead of playing off each other. Like the L leads into the A. Uh, the NT are stacked, and I think they cross over, and it's a bit uh, – it's similarly noisy for only two letters. Thing that we have, folks, for the third quarter, we'll see what Twitter and Facebook and everyone says about uh, this hot topic debate for the summer. But uh, we're going to move on over to the fourth quarter now where we finish up by talking about some uh, runners in who, are, who competed um, at the Nike Outdoor Nationals. Um, guys, we had some uh, local runners who uh, really made some headway and uh, really encouraging stuff uh, moving forward. Yeah, I think um, Spencer Warner out of Loyola is a, guys, correct me, he's, he's a junior, right? Rising senior? Rising yeah. senior, yeah. Senior. So, yeah, he... He proved his medal across the country. Top 10 uh, at the Nike Nationals. I think he finished ninth in the 3,200, so in the two-miler. 
Uh, really impressive stuff. That's a pretty elite um, tournament. I'm uh, sorry, race, if I remember. I think back in the day, some of Nutrier's best and Loyal's best went there. The Ackermans come to mind at the Nike Nationals um, from Nutrier. So pretty great race. And, um, you know, not that he needed to prove it anymore after he, uh, what he did at state um, here in Illinois and um, setting all his records and PRs, but uh, pretty cool stuff that you got a top 10 runner right here at Loyal Academy. Yeah, I think it goes without saying, but he's going to be a force to be reckoned with his senior year. And he already was his junior year, one of the top runners in the area. So we've discussed it before, but I think we can all agree that we're, we're pretty confidently expecting him to make that ascension into state championship, state title consideration. So really high expectations for him. And as Joe said, he's just keeps on proving it again and again and showing us he's a, he's a world-class runner. Definitely really congrats to him on um, his competition and obviously shining at the national stage. Um, obviously, like you guys mentioned, we'll definitely be talking about him. I don't know, in a couple of weeks now, probably with cross country season in the not too uh, distant future and some other sports going on as well. Um, but I think that's everything that we've got for this week's episode of the podcast. Thank you as always for listening. Just a quick reminder before we say goodbye that you can subscribe to anywhere that we're available Make sure you give us a nice little review as well and spread the word and listen to other episodes of the podcast. We have uh, championship coverage and um, interviews with different players and coaches as well. So make sure you guys check out those episodes as well. Um, so for Joe, Marty and I, thanks so much for joining us this week and we will talk to you guys down the road. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to The Varsity, a product of the record NorthShore.org, your nonprofit local newsroom. The Varsity is presented by the Illinois Bone and Joint Institute with more than 150 fellowship-trained physicians in every orthopedic specialty and dozens of locations across Chicagoland and the suburbs. IBJI is your choice for patient-focused orthopedic care. To find the nearest location, visit IBJI.com.